Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man actually in the studio is Scott Chasen. Scott, I am in confinement. I'm in quarantine. I don't think I have the virus, but I thought I'd be safe. So here I am in my home studio. Well, Fitz, we're obviously wishing you well. You should clarify, though, confinement and quarantine, those two things are not related to each other. We were not letting you back in this week, regardless. Well, that's funny because my wife just locked me in the basement even before I hadn't knew anything about coronavirus. This is the marriage isn't easy, folks. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version. That will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, KU basketball continues to be shorthanded. It's kind of the story of the season for everyone. But the Hawks picked up a couple impressive wins over Iowa State and West Virginia. How are the Jayhawks progressing in big Big 12 play so far? Well, Fitz, it's been impressive because they won those games so differently. You know, the first was really a struggle just to kind of escape against Iowa State and obviously needed a shot at the end to do it, whereas the West Virginia game was lopsided. It was Kansas kind of running away and breaking the spirit of West Virginia. But what you saw in these games that you haven't seen are what you're going to see in these first two highlights. That was a David McCormick bucket. This is a Jalen Wilson bucket. And those have been the two players who had really high expectations coming into the year. I think a lot of people thought David McCormick might lead this team in scoring. Jalen Wilson, some people believed he could be the second or third best player on the team. Both of those guys have really struggled thus far throughout the season. And against West Virginia, they absolutely got it going to the point where no one was really missing Remy Martin on the court. We're going to talk about that uh, situation in a little bit. But look, when David McCormick and Jalen Wilson play off each other as well as they do, they don't need to have great individual games necessarily, but they need to be able to pass the ball to each other, use each other to create offense for David McCormick setting screens, Jalen Wilson creating that kind of slashing threat, the ability to get a rebound, go take it up the floor. That kind of unlocks a few different things within the KU offense and then makes teams have to work more to defend the Jayhawks, which in turn uh, tires them out when they get to the offensive end. I don't expect Jalen Wilson to play like he did, mostly because uh, he had a a well-rounded game, more than 20 points. He hit the glass. He uh, distributed well. I don't expect David McCormick to be going for a career-high tying 15 rebounds every game but I do expect them to play with the level of engagement and energy that I think they showed in the West Virginia game. And that as much as any is a sign that this team is kind of starting to find some things. Look, 
early season struggles, early season Big 12 struggles, Bill Self is no stranger to those. Even some of his best teams, you go back to 2019-20 when they were going to be the number one overall seed before COVID canceled the tournament. Even the team like that had some struggles in the non-conference, struggles early in Big 12 play, lost a game to Baylor. You couldn't tell, are they broken? Are things working out? Bill Self teams generally grow. The, the biggest way for this team to grow right now is those two guys playing consistent basketball, and we don't know if they're going to do that yet. It was just one game, but Fitz, they looked really good last game against West Virginia. Well, all I know is this conference is going to be a test every night out, and if you protect your home court like KU's done, mm-hmm. then you're going to be in really good shape because other schools like Baylor, which is incredible, isn't doing so. Mm-hmm. Well, Fitz, K-State lost to TCU on Wednesday, then turned around and beat 19th-ranked Texas Tech on Saturday. What was the difference in these two performances? Uh, They won. Um, (laughs) You know what? Against TCU, the team looked lethargic. They looked uh, like they weren't really focused on what needed to be done, particularly down the stretch. I mean, they were ahead late in that game, and even maybe in the final minute, and found a way to lose. So it was, a, it was a really bad loss for the team. Dropped them to 0-4, and they have been shorthanded. <clears throat> I mean, everyone is a little bit shorthanded right now. But then on Saturday, they weren't shorthanded. They, for the first game in a while, they had their full complement of guys. And what they did against Texas Tech was really, really impressive. Uh, Tech was probably the hottest team in the conference coming in. They had beaten Kansas and Lubbock. They had gone to Waco and beaten Baylor. Then they had a rescheduled game with... Oklahoma State took care of business. But by the time they came to Manhattan, they were on their fourth game in eight days. And everyone is facing these COVID issues this season, whether it's being shorthanded with players or coaches or just the rescheduling, just heaping uh, three games in a week on you. It's it's quite a trial for everyone by fire. Uh, and K-State played exceptionally well down the stretch against Texas Tech in a really, really nice win. They looked very focused on what they needed to do. It was the most complete, honestly, that K-State's looked this season in maybe the final 25 minutes of the game. But uh, Tech just defends at such such a high level. They're so impressive on defense. And Kansas State answered that with their own defense. Um, some of that Bruce Weber defense, they kind of defend differently. K-State am- amazingly solved what Tech does on defense while Tech couldn't quite solve K-State. And K-State is usually a fairly anemic team. But to solve this defense, they moved the ball around. They, they got into the lane, dished and penetrated. They reversed the ball. Basically, they ran some basic offense with just ball motion and, and just getting the ball to the open guy. And if that got covered up, they just kept moving the ball. It wasn't anything complex, Scott. It was exactly what you need to do in all games, and they did it against Tech. And while the score wasn't really high, both teams uh, – played such incredible defense the Wildcats got it done in that final couple minutes of the game by pulling away it was it was fun to watch that but Bruce Weber has now beaten a, a ranked team in all 10 of his seasons in Manhattan so it didn't mean matter if he's good or bad with the team mm-hmm. he's going to find a way to get one of these and I got it well Fitz I, I thought watching that game certainly the end there was a moment where it felt like the Texas Tech, uh, you know, some of that, the kind of effort to, to turning the game around became frustration. And I thought that was a really cool moment to see just because it seems like K-State has had a lot more of those moments lately than other teams. Yep. But in this case, it was K-State kind of imposing that onto another squad. Yeah, and you could just see at the end of the game, eventually the Raiders said, enough, we're worn out, you mm-hmm. got this one. Well, Scott, Baylor lost its second game in Big 12 play. Uh, leaving the Jayhawks at first in the conference. 
How much movement do you expect to cross the standings this year? I'm predicting chaos. <laughs> yeah, Fitz, uh, I think it's going to be a ton. And look, we've already seen already that just about anyone can look really good on one day and, and probably lose in another. Uh, Baylor came out and was, what, losing to TCU at halftime. Now has already lost two games. This was a team that I thought at least could be maybe above the fray in the Big 12 that might be good enough to, you know, while everyone else kind of beat up each other. Baylor, it seemed like they had so much talent they wouldn't get sucked into that. And yet this Oklahoma State team really took it to them and didn't back down. Baylor made a, a late charge in this game. I thought, you know, watching this game as it was unfolding, I, I really thought Baylor was going to manage to steal it at the end. But look, Oklahoma State kind of proved that it it has the potential to, to maybe make games a little bit cloudier and, and drag you down. They did that to Kansas at the end of the first half when those two teams played and Kansas missed 19 shots or whatever it was in a row. Oklahoma State is an example of a team that in the Big 12 is a quote-unquote bad team. They're not a bad basketball team, but just relative to some of the top teams in the Big 12. And yet you look around the conference and say, if Oklahoma State was your fifth, sixth, seventh team, that's a pretty good conference. It's not going to be their team. You know, in, in other conferences, they'd be ranked higher. You think about what Texas Tech has done, what Oklahoma has looked like when healthy. Iowa State has been impressive. Texas hasn't even gotten going yet. That's kind of the surprise team thus far that, you know, it, it seems like they should be higher up. I think you have to anticipate a ton of movement. Fitz, the word you just used, chaos, it's what it's going to be. I don't see any way a team escapes the conference with maybe fewer than four losses. I think 14 and four probably get you an outright title this year. Fitz, there have been years where it's like 12 and six would have been enough to get the job done. I'm not convinced that's not going to be the case this year. I could see a conference winner, you know, 12, 13 wins. That'll be a poll question later on. There's going to be a lot of teams beating up on each other this year, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. That is crazy. I mean, if you look at the Big 12 from the outside in, you would have to regard Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and TCU as the bottom three teams right now in this conference. And you can't take anything for granted against those teams either. It's just going to be a mess all season long. I'm really fascinated, Scott, to see how the SEC challenge goes this year for the Big 12. Because if the Big 12 is as good as we think it is, K-State, for an example, should be able to win at Ole Miss. They should be able to take care of business, and we'll see how the conference does in that matchup with another conference. If, if those are your bottom three teams, by the way, one of them beat Baylor, one of them beat Texas Tech, and the other one was leading Baylor at halftime. So buckle up. It's going to be it's crazy. Incredible. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, call your shot. How far will the Chiefs go in the playoffs? And we see the answers. Most people, maybe not most people, 36% said win the Super Bowl. That was the most popular answer. 29% of people said lose before the AFC Championship. 29% also said lose in the AFC Championship. 6% say the Chiefs will lose in the Super Bowl. I find it fascinating that while when the Super Bowl was the plurality, not even half of the voters think they'll get to the Super Bowl. Mm. So it's kind of interesting to me. Here's this week's question. Predict the record of the Big 12 Conference champion, as Scott said, A is five and three or 15 and three or better, 14 and four, 13 and five, 12 and six or worse. Vote on our Twitter page at the drive 13. I'm looking at C on that one. They said, if you don't know the answer, guess C. That was like the, the trick for school when you were growing up. I think I'm going with C on this one. Well, that That's will... how I got through school. <laughs> C's and guessing C. Uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, Remy Martin continues to be out while he deals with a knee injury are the jayhawks expecting him back anytime soon well fitz that's the uh, normally you'd say a big dollar amount 600 million dollar question because it's kind of what kansas's season hinges upon here kansas is a very good team without remy martin jayhawks showed that in this last week but kansas is a great team with remy martin especially when they get to work him into the fold I sense a little bit of frustration from Bill Self on the matter of Remy Martin. Just a few days ago, he said Remy Martin is day-to-day, maybe week-to-week. He's not sure what it is. He said a few times that, look, it's up to Remy Martin to know when he feels comfortable coming back while he deals with what Bill Self said is a bone bruise with his knee. And in the post-game press conference from this most recent game, Bill Self dropped an F-bomb while talking about internet rumors about the status of Remy Martin and his relationship with Bill Self. Let's go back to the Iowa State game a little bit earlier this week because that was an example of a game that KU played where, look, the Jayhawks won, the Jayhawks beat a very good team, but for a lot of that time, they did not look comfortable or impressive doing so. Dewan Harris obviously had one of the biggest plays of the game in this one, one of the biggest plays of the season for Kansas, which you just saw coming at the end of the game, and then obviously Kansas forced a miss to close out the game, although the Jayhawks were very close to losing that one. Dewan Harris, who handled point guard duties for that game, did make the game's biggest play. He did not have a particularly good game. Bill Self said as much. The KU broadcast said as much, which is generally your home broadcast. It's kind of that example of Dewan Harris is a good player, but Dewan Harris is a very good player when he can play off another ball handler like a Remy Martin, when he has that kind of natural score next to him, where he doesn't have to take on those extra responsibilities because you're already relying on him for so much defensively, moving the ball, just getting everyone in the right places. You don't want to drop too much on the shoulders of a guy that you wouldn't consider to be your best or second best or third best, maybe not fourth best player. So when Remy Martin does come back, I think that makes KU better. And the most promising sign of this matter is that Bill Self said it's not a matter of learning to play without Remy Martin because Kansas will play with Remy Martin. That's about the strongest statement uh, Bill Self said, profanity not included, uh, in terms of expecting him back. But look, Fitz, I, I don't know how you couldn't sense a little bit of frustration from Bill Self when uh, you know he doesn't even know the status of his point guard. He said he's not going to meddle in it. He says it's between Remy Martin and the team doctors. But uh, one thing is clear Kansas will be better when it does get its point guard back yeah I mean he's he's something to lose and to keep winning without him says a lot about this KU team yeah for sure 
Well, Fitz, Kansas uh, State was impacted by COVID absences and starting Big 12 play with four losses. Wildcats were at full strength, like you mentioned, and beat Tech. Fitz, is COVID a legitimate excuse for coaches this season, K-State and otherwise? No, I, it's not. It's it's almost like an injury. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it's things that you just can't predict and you, you really have no control over. And I know it's frustrating. I mean, K-State played two games without their head coach or associate head coach. And they went to West Virginia with only one full-time coach in Jermaine Henderson and seven scholarship players. Maybe it was eight. I'm not sure. I mean, they were so shorthanded. And what was notable about that game was while while West Virginia has total access to the officials, Jermaine Henderson's a one-man show. Bob Huggins is over there chewing on the refs, and Henderson's got to do his coaching. So, no, it's not an excuse. You will be shorthanded at times. And... Other times you'll be the one at advantage over the other team. Take care of business, get over the get over these things, and just know that it's gonna impact your season one way or another. But for Kansas State, maybe this run of having so many guys sick at once will keep them healthy the rest of the year and put them at an advantage going through the rest of the season. And they still have 13 Big 12 games to go. I think the general consensus is this K-State team needs to get in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. If not in the tournament itself, to, for Bruce Weber to survive for another season. I don't know if they're good enough to do that. I know they're a lot better. I've been saying it since the start of the year. They are a lot better. You throw in COVID though, they just don't have enough depth to overcome some of these things that maybe a Baylor or Kansas would have. But that's part of the game this year. Everyone's got to fight it. It's not unique to your program. Maybe some of the way it manifests itself is going to be unique to your program. But for the most part, everyone's going to have to deal with it. I don't want to really hear about it too much. You know, yeah, I told K-State fans, if, if you don't want to hear about Tech's problems with COVID and having to play four games in eight days, then quit talking about what happened to K-State against West Virginia and other games because it, it's going to happen to everyone. Yeah, Fitz, I think that's a good way to put it. Every team deals with it at some point, especially, I mean, go back to Kansas last year. They avoided it the whole season, got it in the postseason, and did it contribute to ending the run? Yes, but it was also a flawed roster. That's why you recruit depth, and I think that's probably been a criticism of Bruce Weber is, you know, sometimes he does pull in some good classes, but how many times does he stack those classes back to back to back? I think that's been an issue. Absolutely. They got a couple guys redshirting, and, you know, that really thins you out pretty quickly, too. And now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, the national championship wrapped up with Georgia defeating Alabama, always rooting for the underdog there in Georgia. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts on this year's college football season? <sighs> Uh, Georgia as the underdog just cracks me up. Mm -hmm. But these were the two best teams. These were the two teams that uh, deserve to play for the national title. And I know everyone has SEC fatigue. I have it too. Uh, but it's hard to argue that these weren't the best teams in college football. They were. It was a great game. I'm happy for Georgia that they overcame Alabama. I think it's good for college football that someone other than Alabama won. Um, and as you know, I'm a big proponent of of adding teams to the playoff, getting up to 12. And while that won't change necessarily, Georgia and Alabama in seasons like this being the two best, it will be more inclusive to everyone else just to be on the stage. I mean, instead of a program like Pitt or Baylor going to a New Year's Six Bowl, they would actually be in the bracket. They would actually have skin in the game and the ability to win. And if you looked at the TV ratings for the game, Scott, they, other than last year, the COVID year, which was so screwy, 
this was the worst ratings for a national championship game mm-hmm. than two, than, since 2005. That's not a good sign for college football. People are exhausted by the SEC, even though it's, you know, in many cases, the best football out there. Yeah, Fitz, when the playoff, or when it things expanded from two to four, I, I can't really say the playoff because it wasn't a playoff before that. I think there was thought it might be more inclusive, but what I think ended up happening is it just improved the margin for error for teams like Alabama and Georgia that recruit at the high level and bring in those guys. And now it's, oh, you can lose a game, maybe two, and look, you're still in the playoff. And I think that's the biggest reason for expansion, just maybe this idea that talent won't be so focused on going to the same two or three destinations if they know, hey, I can go to the Big 12 and I've got a pretty good shot at making the playoff too. So I am hopeful for playoff expansion, but yes, I mean, how could you not watch that Georgia defense or Alabama at times and say, these teams don't play the same game as the other teams, certainly covering Kansas, what Georgia does defensively where every player is probably going to the NFL, and then you look at Kansas and say, they just don't have those same bodies. Well, now let's hear. You know, it's fascinating fascinating to me, Scott, because there was a a span of time when, in Snyder 2.0, when K-State would have been in a 12-team playoff two, if not three seasons, Mm -hmm. out of about four or five. How would that change the perception of the program and impact recruiting? And that's why I want to see expansion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week is, Fitz, what has to happen for Bruce Weber to keep his job? That is from Craig in Manhattan. Take it away. Well, Gene Taylor said it uh, in the offseason over the summer or spring that, you know, they, they need to be in contention for the NCAA tournament. I personally think they need to be in the field of 64. Not a big fan of the first four. They stuck in one year that way. I like to see him in the field of 64, in the bracket. Um, but we'll see how that all plays out, whether he can survive to another year. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went three and one. Of course, we're picking up the national championship here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went three and one. Scott went one and three. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Scott, I feel badly for you. <laughs> here are this week's picks. Hey, we're going to start with Kansas plus six and a half at Gay State. You know I'm taking the cats. Fitz, I'll take Kansas, but look, Alabama let me down last week, so nothing is safe at this point. My picks are poisonous. <laughs> Next is Oklahoma State plus three and a half at Texas. Fitz, I'm going with the Longhorns again, even though they burned me last week. Who you got? I'll take Oklahoma State, but I don't see how they're winning on the road two weeks in a row, but I, <laughs> I'm going to have faith in the folks. And our last game of the week is Baylor plus four and a half at Oklahoma. I got Baylor. I got Baylor. They're going to recover. I think we're we're agreeing on Baylor. It makes me nervous, though, just because the Big 12 is so good. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. We're running short on time. It's time for On the Clock, and it's sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a Strong Local Community. 
Now let's start with Scott Jason. Well, Fitz, I'll go quickly here. A couple of shout-outs for non-basketball sports. Kansas women's basketball had an upset win at Texas and then nearly took down Baylor, had a collapse in the final minute, gave up a late 7-0 run. Uh, but the Jayhawks were poised to win that one. And then football landed running back. Uh, transfer commit Kai Thomas out of Minnesota. Kai Thomas, a Topeka kid, had a lot of talent coming out of the area. KU wanted to flip him uh, way back when, couldn't get it done. But in this instance, KU able to win that recruitment and bring in a trio of four-star running backs going into next year. It's a really nice addition for KU getting Kai Thomas. I know K-State was interested, but P.J. Fleck decided to interfere with that, so he never got to visit K-State. Congratulations to the Jayhawks. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.